on, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. Today is Monday, February the 20th, 2023. Hope you all are having a phenomenal day thus far. I'm excited to bring this episode to you. I'm going to have a little bit, actually a lot to talk about today, um, mainly uh, the NBA, I'll catch up on the All-Star game, and just to give you my I hate saying mid-season awards because technically it's not mid-season no more. They only got like 24 games left, so like a quarter of the season's left. So I'm going to give you my um, award to who I think is going to win what uh, thus far or who I would like to see win what. It may not who's going to win it, but who I would like to see win it and who I think is going to win it uh, thus far. When we talk about awards, MVP, uh, Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, et cetera, Most Improved. We're going to give you all those. I have a lot of headlines that I want to talk about, too. Just some questions that I have and some headlines that I want to get on and talk about before, um, you know, the season starts back. Uh, and also, uh, we're going to talk about the All-Star game. I got some thoughts on the All-Star game and what happened over the weekend and just some things I think the NBA needs to do to, to help the weekend. Because if you watch that game, it was kind of a disappointment. So we'll get on that here in a minute. Um, and also, I'm going to talk about just a little bit of uh, Major League Baseball. I'll be on the lookout over the next week or so. I'm going to do a full uh, Major League Baseball preview of the season. I'm going to break down uh, who I think is going to win MVPs, who I think is going to win championship, who are the World Series, who I, I'm going to go down through each division. We're going to talk about each team um, and, and, and so on from there. So, it's going to be a Major League Baseball preview where the whole episode will be nothing but Major League Baseball. I'm going to give you my top players at each position uh, and just debate a little bit. Uh, I'll probably have a guest on with me to help me debate some of that uh, uh, with the Major League Baseball. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be a fun episode because I absolutely love baseball. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest sports, um, and it's fun to talk about it. It's fun to uh, debate. It's fun to look at each player, each position, and obviously – my Atlanta Braves. So we're definitely going to talk about my Braves too and the outlook for them. So be on the lookout for that episode over the next couple of weeks where it's nothing but uh, Major League Baseball and from there. So I'm going to talk a little bit. I got a topic I want to talk about on Major League Baseball today. And then also I want to talk about uh, a little bit of the NFL. We're going to talk about Derek Carr, uh, talk about the Panthers uh, coaching staff, which I absolutely love. I think the coaching staff that they're putting together is incredible. And then I'm going to talk about the Giants and signing Daniel Jones. Should they re-sign Daniel Jones? So, again, we're going to hit these topics. This is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. And I just wanted to give you an intro to what we're talking about. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back. And we'll talk, start talking about Major League Baseball and the NFL before we get to the NBA. I'll be right back. <music> All right, guys, we're back. JR, All Things Sports Podcast. Let's get on some Major League Baseball. Uh, real quick, I saw this uh, headline about Shohei Otani. Um, if you don't know who Shohei Otani is, he is one of the top two players. And I say two, he might be the best player in baseball. That's debatable. But, and the other guy that's up there with him is on his team, which is crazy. But um, Shohei Otani, if you don't know Shohei Otani, he is a phenomenon. Uh, can uh, he's an ace on the mound and also can get you 40 home runs and 100 RBI. I mean, just an incredible talent plays for 
uh, the Angels, uh, just an incredible talent. But the reason why I want to talk about it is I saw this uh, a headline or as I was reading uh, some sports, I saw where it said that the Angels um, should consider trading Shohei Otani. And when you read it and see the headline, you automatically think like, why would you trade Shohei Otani? Like this guy is arguably the best player in baseball. Uh, why would you trade him? Well, I got to thinking about it and looking at his contract. You know, they signed him to a one-year deal. I want to say somewhere around 18 to 20 mil for this year. And, you know, there was there's reports out there that they was willing to offer him a 10-year, $500 million deal, which is absolutely insane. But, um, you know, in baseball terms, um, to me, nobody's worth that much money. But in baseball, in baseball terms, you know, how contract in baseball goes, he's worth $50 million. I mean, if you look at it, what he does, he's worth every penny of that. But I saw, uh, you know, they're thinking about offering him that. And I just got to thinking, why would you trade him? But also, there have been reports out there stating that he may be looking to go elsewhere. So as I begin to think about it, and I, as I begin to just break down the details, and I think the Angels should trade him. If I'm the Angels, I would go to Otani and his uh, agent and his translator because uh, he don't speak English great yet. But I would go up to his translator and uh, agent, and I would have an honest discussion. I'd say, look, Shohei, you know, what are your plans? What are your uh, desires? Because if you want to leave here, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but we're going to trade you. You know, I wouldn't blindside him. I would let him know straight up. We're going to try to trade you if you're going to leave. Because could you imagine the haul that you would get back for Shohei Otani? I mean, you would get back <laughs> – multiple players uh, ain't no telling how much you would get back for Shohei Otani. I mean, when you look at it, the Angels, since he's been there, ain't been no good. You know, you got Trout, arguably the best player in the game. It's crazy to me. What's crazy to me is you got two guys who are arguably the best player in the game on your team, and they're still horrible. Now, we do understand in baseball, pitching has a lot to do with that. It's just not hitting. If it was just hitting, then, you know, you know, many teams' would, outlook would be different. The Rockies probably would have a championship by now if it was all about hitting because you hit everything at Coors Field. <laughs> but um, it's about pitching, and the Angels have had no pitching in years, it feels like. Had a great start last year, but went on a 14-game losing streak, and it kind of derailed their season, ended up firing uh, Joe Madden, I believe his name is, ended up firing him, and just had a crappy season. Uh, on from that and I just think that the Angels really should trade them you could get back a ton for them and start rebuilding for the future I, while we're on the subject I also think the Angels should trade Mike Trout and I know people that's listening to this all my baseball fans may think I'm crazy I think they should trade Mike Trout too because Mike Trout is still in the prime of his career and unless he just wants to stay in Anaheim and I don't know if he has a no trade clause so that would have to be you know, something that Mike Trout would approve of if he had a no-trade clause, but he would have to approve it if so. But I would look into trading Mike Trout. I think they need to do it. I think the Angels need to do a full rebuild. I mean, this team hasn't been good over the last decade, and you have arguably the two best players in the game on your team, and you're no good. Anthony Rendon, who was another big free agent signed and ain't played at all because he's been hurt ever since he won the championship with the Nationals. So I really think they should trade Shohei. I know that sounds crazy, but you could get back a lot for him. You could get back a lot for Trout. You can keep Rendon. He ain't showed that he can stay healthy. You just keep him as a veteran presence. 
but you could really get a lot back and actually start rebuilding. Rebuild your pitching staff, rebuild your team. So I just saw that and thought it was interesting. What do you guys think? Do you guys think they should trade them? I think they should trade them. I think they should trade both of them. Um, trade them to, you know, the National League. That way you ain't got to deal with them. Trade them to wherever you get your best uh, package back for them and start rebuilding your team. Unless they come out the gate firing this year, which I don't expect at all, I still expect them to finish next to last in that division because they have no pitching. They have nobody that is an ace on that staff. They can't sign anybody, which is crazy to me because you would think a team with Trout and Otani, you would be able to sign anybody you wanted, right? They can't sign anybody. Um, If it was me, I would cut my losses and say, hey, you guys have been awesome for us. You're generational talents. And I don't like throwing that word around, but they are. You're generational talents, but we're going to look to move you and rebuild. That's what I would do. So moving on, let's move to the NFL real quick. I know the season just ended. Um, and like I said, we'll, I'll touch on the NFL as, you know, through the offseason, as headlines come up. And as we get closer to the season next year, you know, we'll break down everything from there. But there's a few things that I want to talk about real quick. Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr is a free agent now. The Raiders uh, released him. That way they didn't have to pay him $40 million, which I still think is crazy. I don't think the Raiders should have got rid of him, but hey. That's Josh McDaniels for you. He's a mediocre coach and will forever be a mediocre coach, and that's what he does. But um, he visited the Saints, I want to say, about two weeks ago. I think it was positive as what you know everybody read. And then he visited with the Jets yesterday, and from the reports, the Jets really like him. The Jets think that he's a guy that can help them win a championship. Now, I don't know about that. I don't know if Derek Carr... You plug them into the Jets, now the Super Bowl favorites. I highly doubt that because you still got to go through the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the Ravens. It's going to be hard, but they view him as that. So my question to you guys is, is it a good fit? Is it a good fit for Derek Carr to be with the Jets? Uh, the Jets have weapons, Gary Wilson. I want to say the tight end his name is Cochran. You got Brees Hall that be coming back, James Robinson in the backfield, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. They have you know, good weapons, and I think they're probably going to draft. I mean, defense, they're fine. Maybe they can draft another receiver this coming draft. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that roster and the need and kind of see where they want to go, but they could draft another offensive weapon. Is Derek Carr the right fit for the New York Jets? I'm not sure if he's the right fit. Um, I think he would play well because when Brees Hall was there, they loved to run the ball, and they did everything off of Brees Hall before he got injured. So, I can see Derek Carr going there, and I can see him being effective. Now, could he lead him to the playoffs is the question. I don't know if he could lead him to the playoffs simply because the AFC is just so deep. I don't know if that's a good fit for him. What I think is a good fit for him is I think the Saints would be a good fit. I think anywhere in the NFC South, and listen, I'm a huge Panthers fan, but I will admit the NFC South is absolutely terrible. The Panthers don't have a quarterback, and they're rebuilding or retooling, if you want to say. The Falcons are going to play Mariota or Ritter, probably Ritter, a second-year quarterback that showed, I don't really know if he's a franchise guy. So you have that. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady just retired, so they don't have a quarterback. Um, And the Saints, you know, they don't have a quarterback. They have Jameis, but who knows with Jameis because they didn't even play Jameis last year. I think the NFC South, anywhere in the NFC South for Derek Carr would be ideal for me because he can step in especially like the Bucs. And I don't think the Bucs would do it because I don't think they have the cap space. But that's a team that's ready to still compete if, you know, you get a good veteran quarterback in. They're still ready. They can compete. 
they still got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I think Julio Jones on a one-year deal, so he'll probably be gone. But they still have weapons. They still have an elite defense. So if he stepped into the Bucks, that's a great situation because then you're in the South, then you're in the NFC, and you can stay away from all those young guns in the AFC. So I'm not sure if Derek Carr is a perfect fit for the Jets. If I was him, I would go somewhere south where I could, you know, dominate that division um, and lead, you know, a team that's retooling, a team that's just a quarterback away from contending. That's what I would do if I was Derek Carr. And that's what I think he should do. Look at any team in the NFC South, and I think that he could, you know, the Falcons probably wouldn't go that route, but the Panthers, the Saints, and the Bucks, I would look at them three and say, hey, you know, let me take a visit. Let's talk. Get, you know, let me see your vision. You know, I'm still in the prime of my career. So I think Derek Carr would be great in any one of those situations. My other question is Aaron Rodgers. You know, should the Jets sign Carr or should they wait for Aaron Rodgers to get out of his quote-unquote, um, you know, retreat or darkness retreat or whatever he's doing? Just weird. Um, <laughs> I don't get what a, whatever his darkness retreat is. Should they wait on that? Because you don't know with him. He may retire. You know, and then with the Packers, you still got to trade for them, so they don't tell them what they got to give up. So, Jets are kind of in a, you know, rocking a hard place because do you sign Carr because you need a quarterback, or do you wait on Aaron Rodgers? So, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm taking visits to the South, and I'm going anywhere south. And if I'm the Jets, I would really put pressure on the Packers to say, okay, what is your decision? Because we need to move forward. We have OTAs coming up. We have, you know, we want to get the playbook to whatever quarterback we get. Oh, they need to start learning. They need to start getting reps with our receivers. So they really need to kind of push the envelope on that and 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 with the Packers and say, hey, you know, what is the decision? We need to make a decision. Because I think A-Rod would be, Aaron Rodgers would be nice there. But I think Aaron Rodgers still has enough game to go there and have them contend. Do I think they would win? No, I don't. Because, again, it's the AFC. You got a lot of young guns over there that you got to go through. But I think Aaron Rodgers would be great there, and I think Aaron Rodgers would be great with the Raiders. I mean, that pairs him back with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I mean, you have weapons everywhere. Josh Jacobs, you have weapons everywhere. I actually think the Raiders would be a better fit for him, but the two teams that I think would be great for Aaron Rodgers are the Jets and the Raiders. So I think the Jets are stuck in a hard place right now, and if I was there, I would put pressure on the Packers to kind of say, all right, what's going on, you know, what are you guys thinking while he's in this darkness retreat? Because Rodgers, I think the Packers want to move on. I think they want to start playing love. And I think they're tired of Aaron Rodgers being a diva and leaving him high and dry half the time. So what do you do from there? So just my thoughts on that. Derek Carr, don't go to the Jets. Go to any team in the South that's ready to compete. And that way you ain't got to go through Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. I forgot about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. Um, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. You ain't got to go through all them. You can go to the NFC where you got to deal with Brock Purdy. Um, you have to deal with Jalen Hurts. You have to deal with Dak Prescott. You have to deal with Matthew Stafford. If he decides to come back, I would rather deal with that than the other quarterbacks who they're all in the top 10. So that's what I think he should do. One last thing. Um, I want to talk about my Panthers real quick. You know, I wasn't too happy with the Mark, uh, with the Frank Wright hire. But the coaching staff that he is quietly putting together, um, I really like. He is putting together a very good coaching staff. Let me read to you guys the coaching staff that he's putting together. Frank Wright's the head coach. The assistant head coach slash running backs coach is Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley was a great running back, I want to say, for the Eagles. He was a running backs coach for the Lions last year. And you see what he did with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. 
Um, I'm very excited about Deuce Staley on the staff. Um, our senior assistant coach is Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell has years of experience as the Lions head coach and the Colts uh, head coach, and he had a lot of success. So I like the fact that Jim Caldwell is there. Offensive coordinator is Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown was the tight ends coach for the Rams. Have a chance to learn under Sean McVay so that I'm excited to see, you know, what our offensive look like under Thomas Brown. Our passing coordinator is Parks Frazier. Our quarterback coach is Josh McCowan. I wasn't crazy about Josh McCowan, but as the more and more I kept looking at it, he was in the league for, you know, a long time, 15, 16, 17 years, and was at a lot of different stops. So he understands the quarterback position, and that's going to help whoever quarterback that we decide to, to get. So I'm excited about him. James Campen, a very good offensive line coach. Our defensive coordinator, you guys got to bear with me. I can't really say his name. Ejiro Ivero. He is the um, coordinator from the Denver Broncos. And if you watch the Denver Broncos this year, they only gave up 18 points a game. They just couldn't score. That was a problem. Very elite defense. Um, our senior defensive uh, assistant is Dom Capers. Dom Capers is an excellent defensive coach. Been around the NFL for 20 plus years. Love to hire. Uh, defensive line coach Todd Wash, linebackers coach Peter Hansen, cornerbacks Jonathan Cooley. Um, our special teams is Chris Tabber. Just a great staff that he's put together. So kudos to Frank Wright on an incredible staff. I saw something today that he's even getting D'Angelo Hall in to help coach. So I'm very excited about the Panthers staff. I think it's headed in the right direction. Now the Panthers just need a quarterback. If they can trade up and get C.J. Stroud, that would be ideal. But everything that I've seen has them drafting Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, to me, is more of a long-term, you know, work with them, get him ready. And I think Frank Wright could do that. He did it with Carson Wentz. So I think he could get Anthony Richardson ready. Just not sure if he can step in as a rookie and produce. But I've, every mock draft I've seen has Richardson fallen to the Panthers at nine because Stroud, Young, and Will Levis will be gone before then. I wouldn't be mad at that. We could re-sign Sam Darnold. I have Richardson back there, you know, Josh McCowan grooming him, Frank Wright grooming him, and maybe if Darnold starts playing bad, you insert him. But I would love to have Anthony Richardson and be a mentor by Josh McCowan and Frank Wright. I think that would be awesome. So that's just my takes on the NFL. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention a couple weeks ago, I want to say congrats to A.J. Green. A.J. Green actually retired from the NFL after 12 or 13 seasons. Uh, an incredible elite receiver. In my opinion, should be a Hall of Fame receiver. Uh, just an incredible receiver in his time in Cincinnati. Went to Arizona, wasn't the same guy. I think injuries, you know, just kind of limited him. I would have loved for him to stay in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. It just didn't work out for some reason. He just didn't have that same connection the first year. So they end up trading him. But I would have loved for him to stay. I mean, just be like the, you know, the fourth receiver and, and had a chance to compete in the Super Bowl when they got there. But I understand with T. Higgins, with Chase, with Boyd. There was no room for him. I understand that. But I would have liked to see him retire as a Bengal. That would have been awesome. So congrats to A.J. Green, man, on an incredible Hall of Fame career. Um, and I believe you're going to see him, you know, in the Hall of Fame eventually. I don't know if it'll be first ballot, but I think you'll see him there. So that's all for Major League Baseball and NFL. I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, it's going to be nothing but NBA. We're going to talk about the All-Star weekend and what happened during you know, the all-star game and just a lot of a few questions I have about the season and my expectations about the season. This is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. Be right back.
All right, guys, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. Let's talk about the NBA. Majority of the podcast is going to be on the NBA. Um, a lot has happened, uh, but let's 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 get to it, man. Uh, All-Star Weekend, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it or keep up with it. Um, you know, starting with the celebrity game on Friday night or the rising celebrity games first. The Rising Stars, which I do like the Rising Stars. I think it's cool how they have split that up. You know, the celeb- let's back up. The celebrity game, you know, it is what it is. Just celebrities playing, having a good time. It's funny. You know, it's cool seeing that happen. Um, I don't really expect much from that. Although DK Metcalf, you know, having a chance to watch him, um, he's just, the dude's just, a, you know, an athletic freak of nature. Uh, just watching him play uh, and get up and dunk and block shots and uh, run the floor. He's just an He's just an athletic freak. It was cool to see him. Uh, it was funny. You know, he posted on social media that the NFL decided to drug test him after the All-Star weekend. It's just, it's just funny, man, that, you know, that they did that. But he's just such a physical specimen. So it was cool to see him play. It was cool to see Calvin Johnson back out there competing. You know, I miss seeing Megatron out there on the football field. But it was cool seeing him, uh, cool seeing Megatron out there competing and, uh, you know, back playing and competing against people. Uh, one of my favorite football players, if not my favorite of all time. Actually, he's not uh, Cam Newton. Is. What am I saying? But he's one of my favorite football players of all time. So um, it was cool to see Calvin Johnson out there competing and, you know, back on the court or back in the field of play. But uh, just moving on from the celebrity game, uh, I like the Rising Stars challenge uh, with the sophomores and um, you know, the rookies and the international players. And the thing I don't like is they added the G League players to it. I still don't like that. Um, but, hey, you know, it was cool. It was cool to see them play. Jose Alvarado won the MVP for it. It was cool to see that. And, you know, moving on to All-Star Saturday night, which is one of the main events, you know, it kicks off with the skills challenge. And I actually like the skills challenge. I think it's pretty cool to see the skill challenges. I just wish people – I just wish and, – and this is the theme of the weekend – and something I'm really going to, um, you know, kind of, I don't want to really say rant on, but I guess rant on is, you know, when you watch the Ansa the Kumpos, they was competing, you know. Unfortunately, Giannis couldn't uh, compete due to an injury. You know, Drew Holiday came in and Drew Holiday competed and his brothers competed. They're just not shooters. So the shooting portion of it was terrible. <laughs> but um, it was cool to see them compete. It was cool to see the rookies. I think the rookies competed well. Because they wanted to win and prove that, hey, man, we're rookies, but we can do this. I think that was cool to see in the skills competition. Uh, but I was really disappointed in Jordan Clarkson. Like, when you watched him play, like, you could tell, like, he did not want to be there. He didn't care. He was nonchalant with his movements and nonchalant with everything. Now, they ended up winning the whole skills competition because there's a few different rounds. But, see, it's stuff like that that's irritating. You know, people – pay a lot of money to go to these all-star weekends you know a lot of money to go to these festivities um and you can't compete for 10 minutes like it's just it's annoying it's aggravating to see that like if you're gonna be that nonchalant then just get somebody else to do it right like Colin Sexton was locked in Walker Kessler was locked was locked in he just came out the gate you even heard them commentating like yo Draymond Green was laughing at him like yo come on Clarkson like at least compete a little bit. All you're doing is bounce passing, doing layups and shooting jumpers. Like, come on, man. You can at least compete and give more effort than what he gave. Like, that was just irritating to see Jordan Clarkson do that. Next time, I don't ever want to see him compete in nothing. Like, just stay home. 
Go do what you want to do. Go rap. Whatever it is. You, do. you just go do whatever you want to do. Like, nobody wants to see you if you're going to come be lackadaisical and, you know, not even compete. But anyways, they end up winning. And like I said, I, before I got on that little mini rant, I do like the skills competition. You know, it used to be uh, a single player thing and you would go, you know, head up with somebody. Now it's teams. Uh, I like it. You know, they got big men in it. I actually like it. I like it a lot. I like the fact that you can uh, do the bounce passes and the layups and the jumpers and all that. And I actually enjoy it. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, moving on, which a lot of people think is the highlight now of All-Star Weekend, it's the three-point contest. And if the three-point contest is the highlight of All-Star Weekend, then we have a problem. And unfortunately, that is the truth. It is really the highlight of All-Star Weekend now. It's a three-point contest. Um, you know, and this one had Jason Tatum in it, uh, Damian Lillard, who actually won the event, Kevin Herter, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill, Julius Randle. Um, and I feel like I'm missing a couple more. Um Tyler Hero was in it, and I'm missing one more. I think it was eight competitors. I'm missing one more. I don't remember who the next, last one was, but they they had a – it was a good competition. It was good competition in it. It was cool to see, you know, all the guys compete. It was cool to see all the guys go at it. Um, but Damian Lillard ends up winning uh, the three-point contest, which, you know, I didn't get a chance to get on here and pick my winners. I kind of wanted to get on here and pick each winner of each event. I didn't get a chance to do that, but I expected Damian Lillard to win. I mean, the way that guy shoots the ball is incredible. Um, you know, the threes that were, you know, they added two, like, long balls that's worth three points. Man, he shot that like a free throw. I don't even think he missed one. Like, it's easy for him. I love seeing him in it. I really would have loved seeing, you know, Clay in it. Uh, I know Steph couldn't compete because of his knee. But I really would have loved to see Clay in it. You know, Clay's out to prove that he could be an all-star again. That would have been cool to see Clay and Dame and Buddy Hill and Tyrese Halliburton and Jason Tatum. And that would have been cool to see all of them go at it. I actually would have loved to see them go at it. That would have been awesome. But hey, I guess Clay is using this time to heal up and still, you know, he's still not playing back to backs, recovering from the ACA on Achilles. But that would have been cool to see him in it. But Damian Lillard walks away with it after his third try. And he said that, you know, now he can retire because every great shooter has one. And that's true. Every great shooter in the history of the game has a three-point contest. You know, Larry Bird, one of the great shooters, has one. Uh, Clay won. Steph has won. Peja Stojakovic has won. Uh, now Damian Lillard has one. I mean, you know, Ray Allen. I don't know if Ray Allen won one. That'd be cool. To, I, if I had to bet, Ray Allen probably won a three-point shooting contest. I would love to bet he did. Cap Corver, he won one. So, a lot of your all-time great shooters – that we've seen has won it. So it was cool to see Damian Lillard compete in it and actually understand like, hey, if I'm gonna be considered one of the great shooters, I need to win this contest. And that's what he done. So congrats to Dame, Dame Dollar, Dame Time. I'm winning the three-point contest. It was cool to watch. It was exciting to watch him uh, beat Buddy Hill last minute and then beat, uh, he just destroyed Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> it was cool to see that. But uh, moving on, then you move to the dunk contest. Uh, as we know, the dunk contest has not been uh, ideal, if you want to say, not since Zach Levine and uh, Aaron Gordon in 2016. That was the last great dunk contest, really, to me. Was them. If you remember last year, last year was absolutely atrocious. Uh, the only thing I remember about last year is Cole Anthony coming out in some Tims. When I seen that man come out in Tims, I, I knew it then. 
I knew then that, that this ain't gonna uh, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> like when that man came out in Tim's, I automatically wanted to turn the TV, but I was so intrigued by what he was gonna do that I had to watch it. But it ended up being nothing. So the dunk contest last year, Obi Toppin ended up winning. To me, it was just not great. So I'll be honest with you guys, I did not expect this year's to be great. Now, if you're any type of basketball fan, diehard basketball fan like I am, you knew who Matt McClung was. You know his highlights from high school went viral. His dunk from high school, in-game dunks were insane. The only person that could rival it was Zion. You know, his in-game dunks probably were better, but Matt McClung's in-game dunks in high school were absolutely ridiculous. Like, if you go and uh, YouTube Matt McClung high school, you know, highlights, man, his dunks were absolutely insane. So you'd have to go and check that out. But I would have picked him to win anyway because I've seen some of his dunks and they're incredible. And he won. So he was competing against Trey Murphy the third from the New Orleans Pelicans. He was competing against Jericho Sims from the New York uh, Knicks. And Jericho Sims can jump. Let me tell you something. That young fella can get up. To be a seven-footer, his head, his, like his head was above the rim. He can get up. And Kenyon Martin Jr. was in it who can really jump and I thought could, you know, give Matt McClung a run for his money. And I was disappointed in his dunks. His dunks was not cool at all. Uh, he missed it on his first attempt a couple of times. Just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't what I thought it would be. And, you know, Matt McClung didn't miss a single dunk. He got all his on his first attempt. I mean, the guy, you know, the first dunk set the tone. He jumped up over two people, hit the ball off the backboard, reversed it. That was cool. Um, and to win it, you know, he did a he did a 540 to win it. I mean, that was just incredible. Trey Murphy, the third, was actually pretty good, too. Uh, I actually like this dunks. You know, his first attempt, he threw the ball up, jumped, act like he was going to dunk, but he didn't. Sort of hyping the crowd up. And then Jose Alvarado came and stole the ball. And if you know Jose Alvarado, he does that. They call him Grand Theft Alvarado because if you watch the NBA games, he'll go in the corner. He'll hide and he'll wait to somebody inbound the ball, then he'll go steal it. So it was cool creativity to see that. I think the judges kind of liked the creativity behind that. And, you know, Alvarado stole it, threw it off the glass. Trey went and got it and did a 360 uh, and flushed it. So it was cool to see that. Trey actually, you know, he did a windmill, I think. Um, I can't remember his other dunks, but it was pretty cool to see Trey Murphy. I think he did a 360 windmill, which has been overplayed now. I mean, I think every elite athlete can do a 360 windmill. And with the 360 windmill, if you don't have any type of height on it, like to me, because Trey Murphy's got long arms, his wingspan has to be well over seven foot. I mean, he didn't get no height on it to be six nine. He didn't jump as high. You got to jump. You got to get pretty high for it to look good. Like when Vince Carter done it, his head was at the rim. Like it just looked amazing. But now with 360 windmill, if you're not up there, it don't to me it's, it's like all right cool you got a long wingspan you do a 360 windmill and like granted i can't do it <laughs> i'm over here talking like i can do a 360 windmill i can't but if you don't get no height on it it to me it don't it's not appealing no more so he did that that is what it is but matt mcclung the, the the young fella just put on a show and i've seen a lot of people say man matt mcclung brought the dunk contest back it's back it, it ain't back guys i mean Here's the thing with the dunk contest, and I don't know if you guys heard KD come out and say we need the stars to do it. It's just what it is. We need the stars to come out and do the dunk contest. When I say the stars, we need Zion. We need Ja. We need Zach Levine. We need Aaron Gordon to do it one more time. We need them to get in here and do the dunk contest. You know, stars of old used to do it and because they, again, let me get on my rant. 
they competed at All-Star Weekend. They competed. They wanted to say, you know what? The best of the best is here. Let me prove that I am the best. Let me prove that I'm the best of all the All-Stars out here. So in the dunk contest of old, that's why Jordan did it. That's why Dr. J did it. That's why Dominique Wilkins did it. That's why you've seen all the elite superstars that could jump. They all done them. Dwight Howard, uh, Andre Iguodala, Nate Robinson, uh, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant won one. Like you've seen Jason Richardson. You've seen all the elite leapers do this because they wanted to show the world like, hey, out of all the elite dunkers here, out of all the all-stars here, I'm the best at this. And that, and that um, aspect, that mentality is completely gone from All-Star Weekend. This new generation, and I don't want to sound like an old head here because I don't want to think that, you know, they don't like the old, they don't like old, the old heads, you know, this generation soft. I'm not saying that. That's not where I'm going with this. What I'm saying is that it's this new generation. They don't care. They honestly don't care about competing and saying, I'm the best at this. They don't care about that. If there's no type of incentive behind it, other than saying that I'm the best dunker, they're not gonna do it. Like, But KD is right. We need the elite stars to do this. John Morant said he ain't doing it. It would take a billion likes for me to do it. Like, It's because there's no incentive for him to do it. There's no incentive other than just having the pride to say I'm the best dunker. There's no incentive to do it. Zion came out and said that if he was to do it, it would be next year which I agree with. If he was to do it, it needs to be early in his career rather than later. And Zion's done it. Throughout his career, if you've watched him, he's always done dunk contests, high school. Um, he's done plenty of them. There's, go to YouTube and type up Zion dunk contests. He's done a lot of them, and he's won all of them because he's a, an elite athlete at his size. So I just tend to think that, and I agree with uh, Kevin Durant, that we need the stars to do it. It won't be relevant until the stars do it. And, you know, physically, there's not really much you can do anymore. Like, you know, there ain't a lot you can do because these guys do more than just dunk. Like, they have to work on their game. So, physically, there's not much that you can do. But, Ja Morant is one of the most explosive, you know, jumpers in the world. Like, just imagine him throwing the ball off the glass doing an East Bay. Or just imagine him, you know, we've seen it in the All-Star game, the 360, he done the reverse, he done his head at 6'2", 6'3". His head was at the rim. Like, that's the thing about the dunk contest. Yes, the dunk matters, but it's the explosion that we can see. It's the force at which you dunk with. Like, it's the it's the flair. It's the it's the the elegance. Like, when you, when you imagine Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line, it wasn't just the jump from the free throw line. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that was the main part of it. But, his, but you see it. That's where the Jumpman logo come from. You've seen how he kicked his legs out, how he pumped the ball a little bit, how he had his tongue out, how he dunked. When Dominique Wilkins did the windmill, he extended it fully all the way down. Boom, dunked it with power. Like when Vince Carter dunked, you seen the flare. You seen the flare. You seen it all with them. Like that's the part that we need to see. And Ja has that. Zion has that. Zach Levine has that. Aaron Gordon has that. It's not just the dunks. Yeah, the dunks are cool. The creativity is cool. But it's the power and the explosion that come with it. So I really think that our stars need to do it in the game. But I'm be honest with you. I don't think you're going to see them do it. Maybe if the NBA started offering, you know, a million dollars to win it, maybe they would do it. Maybe they started offering two million, they would do it. But until they offer something like that, this generation, 
this generation of superstars that we have in the NBA right now, they're not going to do it because there's no incentive behind it. And they don't care to say, I'm the best dunker. I'm the best this at All-Star Weekend. They don't care. That's just a fact. So, you know, that's my rant on that. But, you know, congrats to Matt McClellan for winning it. Hopefully he can stay on the Sixers roster and, you know, play well. Hopefully that young man can, you know, can be considered more than a dunker and just get on a roster because he's a nice player. He's a nice role player. Uh, maybe he can find a role somewhere. But congrats to him. Moving on. All-Star game was last night, Sunday night. Uh, Team Giannis ended up winning, I want to say something like 184 to 179 or 178, something like that. They've defeated Team LeBron. This was Team LeBron's first loss. LeBron was 5-0 as a captain. Uh, one thing I did like about this, I did like how they did it kind of like, you know, the pickup games, how they just pick guys. You know, they didn't predetermine it, but they picked them right before the game. I did like that. That was pretty cool. Uh, that was one of KD's ideas that I heard, too. Uh, that was cool to see that happen. Uh, I think that was pretty cool. Um, there's no shame in being picked last. I mean, you're an all-star. I mean, it is what it is. But <laughs> it was cool to see that. It was cool to see, you know, those guys do that. But um, getting to the game itself, the game was absolutely, absolutely terrible. The game was absolutely terrible. And I truly think, I truly think that the NBA, and maybe this is a hot take for me, but – I think the NBA should get rid of the All-Star game. <laughs> I honestly do. I know that sounds funny. I know that's crazy, but I think they should get rid of the All-Star game. These guys, they do not take it serious. And that's it. Look, Mike Malone, the coach of uh, Team LeBron this year, came out after the game. They asked him what they thought about the game. And, you know, he kind of laughed and said it was cool. But then he came with this quote and he said, that was the worst basketball game that he's ever seen. That was ever played. You know, and... It, it, it truly was. And that's coming from the coach. That truly was. That was absolutely pathetic. Like, you know, they were like Jason Tatum scored 55. And he's the first to score 50 in the playoffs, the regular season, and all-star game, first to ever do it. It's, it's not impressive. It's not impressive because there is absolutely no defense being played. I mean, if you watch the beginning of that game, those guys are being lackadaisical. They're barely running on the court. You could tell Luka didn't want to be there. Luka came out with a quote. When they asked him, they said, you know, they said, what's, they came out and they said, what's the most, you know, what's the thing you're looking forward to? What you, what are you looking forward to, um, you know, most about the game Sunday? And he goes, you know, me flying to Mexico. You know, as a fan, you don't want to hear that. As a fan, you don't want to hear, you know, that guy say that. You want to see them, you want to see them play. You want to see them compete as a fan, especially those that were there, that spent their money to be there. And I'm just sick and tired of these guys showing up to these games, playing like a days ago, not even caring that they got picked as an all-star. Like, it's for the fans. Look, I'm not asking you to go out there and get, you know, give it a thousand percent, but go out there and give it 80. Like, play some defense. Like, if you watch, again, if you watch the games of old, those guys took pride in playing against one another. They took pride and competing against the East. I, and also, here's the other thing. I think they should go back to East and West. I really do. You need to go back to the East versus the West because those guys took pride in that. They took pride in saying, we are the best conference. We are the best division. I really think they need to go back to East and West. It's just been watered down to me. And I think Adam Silver got a lot to do with it because he's a player's commissioner, quote unquote. David Stern, I think the league would still be East-West. They would compete if he was still around. I really do. 
Do I like some of the stuff David Stern did? Nah, I didn't. The whole dress code thing. I like how Silver allows these guys to express themselves through fashion. I like that. You know, David Stern wasn't like that. He didn't like that kind of stuff. He wanted you in suits and ties and the coaches in suits and ties. Now they can wear, you know, jumpsuits on the sideline. Like, I like that. I think that's good for the game, that they can express themselves through that. But, you know, I think part of it's Silva's fault. I think, you know, a lot of it falls on the players for just not even caring. Like, I watched Luca barely up down the court. Donovan Mitchell, there's a few times we, I, I think he was walking. Like, these, like, they don't care to play the game. In the 80s, in the 90s, in the early 2000s. Remember that 01, for all my basketball fans? Do you remember the 2001 NBA All Star game? Kobe. KG, Vince, Tim, Shaq. Man, that game in New York, in Madison Square Garden, that game was so competitive. Like, they was going at it. Like, even well into the 2000s, um, it was so competitive. Like, Kobe went into it with mentality like, you know, man, this is a game. Like, I'm going to play. Kobe played hard. Jordan played hard. Like, these guys played hard because they wanted to prove they were the best. We're the best division. I'm the best of these 24 All-Stars that's here. I'm the best All-Star that's here. That dynamic is gone. These guys don't care. They don't care at all. They don't want to play a lick of defense. They just don't care. So I think the NBA should just get rid of it. I think that you should pick an all-star. You should recognize them as all-stars. Um, and maybe go along with the all-star weekend. But I think you should get rid of the all-star game. If they're not going to take it serious, just get rid of it. Because it sucks for the average fan that spent all thousand. All-Star Weekend ain't cheap. I don't know if you've ever looked into it. It ain't cheap. It's thousands of dollars to go to the whole weekend and enjoy the festivities. And then you get out there, you want to see the best of the best, and then, you know, they're chunking up 100 threes. They're just, you know, the wings wide open, doing these dunks and doing all this stuff. It, it's just not appealing anymore. Like, if y'all are going to do that, then I'd rather just not. Like, you know, there's been th- – there's been – you know, talks about you know one-on-one tour- tournament and the you know All-Star Weekend to make it better. They're not going to take it serious if they don't take the game serious. They're not going to take the one-on-one serious. So I'm on the train of just getting rid of it. Recognize the All Stars and you just don't play it. Like at this point, like to me, it's a waste of time. It's pathetic, um, and I don't, I just don't enjoy watching it because I don't want to sit here and watch some guys run up and down the court and don't play any defense. To me, it's pathetic. I just don't like it. So. Mike Malone was right. It was the worst game. I think it was the worst All-Star game I've ever seen. And it's just a disservice to the fans, right? It's a disservice to the fans um, that paid their harder money to be there to watch it. And it's just, you know, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see guys out there not caring and not wanting to play. So I just, to me, you know, I I don't care to see it anymore. Get rid of it. Recognize your All-Stars. Say, hey, you know, these are your All-Star starters. These are your reserves. And then just not play the game. Maybe that maybe that's not the right solution, but that's how fed up I am with it. Like I'm done with it. Just don't play the game anymore if they're not gonna take it serious. So that's just my thoughts on All-Star Weekend. Um NBA just gotta improve it somehow. I don't even know if there's a way to improve it. Mike Malone came out and said it. They asked him, they said, What can you do to fix it? He said, I don't think there is no fixing. And there's not. The only people that can fix the NBA All-Star game is the actual players in it. That's the only way they can fix it. I'm not asking you to go out there and dive on the floor and and, and do this or do that. I'm just, you know, people are just asking you to play, actually play defense, actually take pride in, you know, saying I'm the best all-star out here on the court, like the days of old, you know? 
Man, I sound like an old head now. I don't even mean to sound like an old head. Just go out there and play hard, man. Like, what's the harm in playing hard against other All-Stars? Ain't nobody out there aiming to hurt you. You're just playing hard. It's like a glorified pickup game with all the best players in the league. You do it during the summertime. They play hard during the summertime where injury can happen. The UCLA runs, the Compton runs, the Rico Hine runs. If you watch them out there, they're out there giving everything. But when it comes to All-Star, you know, you got nine days off after it. When it comes up to All-Star, you don't want to play. I, I just don't get it. So get rid of the game. I don't even want to see it no more. I don't even care. So um, th- there's that. So I'm going to take a short break. When I return, I'm going to give you guys uh, just a bunch of questions I have and, 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 and my expectations on the rest of the year. And I'm going to give you my awards thus far through the season. And then my rant of the week is back. I'll give you my rant of the week. And then that'll be it. So this is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. Get rid of the NBA All-Star Weekend. Heck, get rid of all of them. Baseball, football, NBA. It's just pathetic now because they don't care. All Things Sports Podcast. You guy, JR. I'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back. All Things Sports Podcast. Let's get to really not the mid-season awards, but, you know, three-fourths of the way awards. How about that? <laughs> Used to, you know, you could say mid-season award, but there's only 23 for some teams, 24 games left. That's a quarter of the season, 82 games in a season. So, really, it's a quarter of it left, a little over a quarter. So, let's just say the three-fourths uh, season awards. <laughs> it's crazy to say that, but that's what it is, right? So, um, so let's see MVP thus far, you know, this way, this part of the season, I am, and you know, I know you want to say Jokic. And I think if you look at a lot of the ESPN polls, if you look at a lot of the analysts and a lot of uh, Vegas odds, they came out with a. I want to say they polled some of the voters already and kind of got an idea. I can't remember what it's called. 77% had Jokic winning. So at this point in the season, we're too far in the season. If it's already at 77%, Jokic is probably going to win. And he's going to be the third third player ever. Or, yeah, I think it's Chamberlain, Bird, and be Jokic. He'll be the third player ever to win three straight MVP awards. So I probably expect Jokic to win it. I mean, he's averaging 24.7 points per game, 11.5 rebounds, 10.1 assists, which is third all-time, which is insane as a center. And he's shooting 63% from the field, which is sixth in the league, which is still insane, too, that he's shooting that well. So he's averaging a triple-double as a center, which is absolutely unreal. Uh, He's a heck of a player. Um, But I personally think that he's not the MVP. I think it's Giannis. Um... I know Giannis has two already. I think Giannis should win his third. Um, my reason being why I think Giannis deserves it is Giannis is, you know, Giannis has his team with the second best record in the NBA. They have a better record than the Nuggets. It's the Celtics, than the Bucks, and the Nuggets. And he's done it the majority of the season without his second best player. Now, arguably, you can argue that this year. You can argue Drew Holiday. With, actually, you can't even argue that. Drew Holiday has been better than Chris Middleton this year because Chris Middleton hadn't been there but Chris Middleton for the better part of the last few years has been the second best player of that team and the closer they run their offense through Middleton in the games 
um, the pick and roll with Giannis. They run their offense through Middleton. So he's, you know, his team has the second best record in the league without, you know, a guy who's been the second best player, a guy who gets up 23, 24 points a game, um, a lead three-point shooter. He's done it without him. Bobby Portis has been hurt. Um, there's been a lot of things, you know, a lot of injuries for the Bucks, and he's been the one stable, you know, 31.8 points a game. That's third in the league, which is crazy to see Giannis averaging 31. 12.2 rebounds, second in the NBA in rebounding, and averaging five assists per game. 31, virtually 32 points a game, 12 rebounds and five assists. That's unreal, and his team got the second-best record in the NBA. Giannis is the MVP for me at this point in the season, just of what he's done. And you know what he does on the defensive end. Competes every night, plays when he can. Um, I am a little mad at him. I went to go watch the Bucks in Charlotte, um, you know, last year in December. I went to go watch them, and he didn't play because it was the second night of the back-to-back. So I am a little angry with him for that, but I ain't going to hold it against him. He's the MVP of the season. Um, just the way he's been playing, the way he's been dominating, uh, where he has his team at, um, and they beat the Nuggets. I don't even know if they played the Nuggets yet. I think they did. I want to say they beat them head up. I'll have to go back and look at that. But um, if not, I just think Giannis this far is the MVP. Props to Jokic for averaging a triple-double. But we've seen that. We've seen a player average a triple-double. Russ did it for four years. And I want to say four years straight, Russ did it. Like, to me, that, to me the triple-double is not impressive anymore. To me, it's watered down. But, hey, he's averaging one. Kudos to Jokic, but it's Giannis for me. Defensive player of the year. Uh, thus far, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, if you watch him, he blocks everything, can guard one through five, is the reason the Memphis is so good uh, defensively. I know they got Dylan Brooks out there, which I really don't like Dylan Brooks, but he plays well defensively, can move his feet well, likes to be physical. Um, he's a pretty good defender, but Jaron Jackson is, to me, the defensive player of the year. Most improved for me, would be no question Laurie Mar- uh, Mark Cannon, marketing, however you say his name for the Utah Jazz, was an all-star starter this year, put up 40 bombs, just came out of nowhere. <laughs> but to me, he would win most improved. I mean, his game, his offensive game is taken off this year. Dunking on people, hitting a three consistently, mid-range, getting to the rack. He's been incredible. So I think he's going to run away with that. Sixth man of the year, I got Malcolm Brogdon. At first, I wanted to say Russ. Uh, but, you know, since the Lakers decided to cut him or trade him to Utah, um, I got Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon has came in and honestly could start for the Boston Celtics, but took a back seat and has came in and honestly he's averaging like 15 points a game. Has been great for, um, you know, the Boston Celtics. So I got Malcolm Brogdon as my sixth man of the year. Coach of the year, I got Joe Mazzula. Um I think Joe Mazzula deserves to be coach of the year. They finally lifted the intern uh, tag off of him and offered him the job. So that means Ime Udoka will be no longer will be the Celtics head coach. Now it's Joe Mazzula. Um, he inherited this team last minute, and he's done an excellent job. Now, are they the same defensive team as they were with Ime Udoka? They're not. Ime Udoka had them playing incredible defense. Um, they're not the same defensively, but offensively they're better with Joe Mazzula. So, I think Joe Mazzulla deserves to be coach of the year considering everything that happened and how he took this team over last minute. Now, let's be honest. They got Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart and a well-rounded roster. So, let's be honest. He still, you know, got an incredible team that lost in the finals last year. But he's done an excellent job. 
I believe he deserves coach of the year if he's even eligible. I don't even know if he's eligible considering he had the interim tag. I'm not sure if he's eligible, but if he is, I got Joe Mazzulli. Um, Rookie of the year, my last award, it's easy. It's Paolo Bencaro for the Orlando uh, Magic. Um, I had originally picked Jaden Ivey to win it, but uh, Detroit's awful. And Orlando has actually played very well and actually making a little push. I don't know if they'll make the play in, but they're playing very well. Paolo Bencaro has an NBA game, has an NBA body, uh, understands the game. Paolo is definitely a rookie of the year. It's not even close. I don't know if anybody can catch him at this point, but it's Paolo Bencaro. So those are my midseason awards uh, for the year. And I want to get to some some questions that, you know, that I want to answer and just some thoughts. Um, I told you guys a few weeks ago, we've all seen it. Kyrie Irving was traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Dallas Mavericks. We've seen them play a few games. Um, I don't know. I think they've lost a couple games when they played together. Luka wasn't able to play the first couple games because it was healed, but they lost to the, I think they lost to the Kings or the Timberwolves uh, when they played together. Um, but my biggest question is, will Kyrie and Luka work? I don't know if it will work to the tune of um, a championship, but I think during the regular season, yeah, it could work a little bit. But it's just it's just interesting to see that dynamic. Luka has to have the ball. He loves to dominate the ball. Kyrie can play off the ball, but I don't know if Luka can play off the ball. I think Luka has to have it at all times. So I'm just not sure. Maybe it'll work for the short term. I'm just not sure if it will work when you look at, you know, championship, Western Conference Finals. I don't think they could beat the likes of Phoenix or the likes of uh, Denver or the Clippers. Um, Maybe even the Warriors, if they get straightened out. I don't know if they can beat them. But, hey, you know what Kyrie can do. We know what Luka definitely can do. Um, I just, I don't know. And in the back of your head, and again, I don't hate Kyrie. I love Kyrie as a player. But in the back of your mind, you always got to wonder what's going to happen next with Kyrie. That's just what it is with him. Um, I mean, you guys, you got to understand it. Kyrie at any point can do whatever he wants. That's just what he does. Um, and I don't have a problem with what he does outside, you know, with the COVID and with him finding, you know, his religion or I don't even want to say religion. With him finding himself and exploring different things in his background. Um, I'm okay with all that. I say do that. But you also have to show up for your job. You also have to show up for the thing that you get paid for. And he gets paid millions of dollars to show up to his job. And he consistently don't do it for whatever reason. So that's always going to be in the back of your head. And I think the Mav made a mistake. Kyrie going to walk at the end of the year. He's not going to resign with them. He's going to walk. So it's just I'm just curious to see what happens with the Mavs. I think they should have went after Zach Levine personally. I think Zach Levine would have been a better fit alongside Luka because Zach don't need the ball. Zach can catch and shoot. Zach can slash. Uh, Zach can get out and transition. I think they should have went for Zach Levine, but, hey, we'll see what happens with them. Um, I think the only person that can keep Kyrie in line is obviously Kyrie. Um, but I think LeBron can really, you know, I don't even want to say keep in line. He's a grown man. Keeping in line is the wrong, way, wrong thing to say. I think LeBron can kind of, you know, guide him, if you want to say. So, I think he's the only person that can do that. So, yeah, I don't trust Kyrie. I never will. Um, moving on, the KD trade. Uh, told you guys KD got traded to Brooklyn for Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who eventually gets traded to the Bucks in a plethora of uh, first-round draft picks. Um, how does that impact the West? That impacts the West tremendously. I think it makes Phoenix the favorite 
Uh, KD's going to come back healthy after the All-Star break. I think that was the kind of plan. He's going to come back healthy. He's averaging 30 points a game this year. Booker's averaging north of 23, 24 points a game. You got Chris Paul, who's the ultimate floor general. And they kept DeAndre Ayton. How they kept DeAndre Ayton in that trade, I don't know. But DeAndre Ayton's an 18-10 guy. So, I I think this makes him the favorite. The only question I have about the, the Phoenix Suns is the depth. Um, I saw something about they want to get Randy Jackson. Maybe there's interested in John Wall. Um, I saw they was uh, going to sign Terrence Ross once that got completed. So, maybe, you know, filling out with those guys will help. Um, but the depth is the only thing that scares me. But if they can, over the next 23, 24 games, if they can develop any type of chemistry, I think they're going to be a problem. I really do. KD can fit any system in the world because KD's a hooper. Can catch and shoot, can move without the ball, give it to him in the low post, high post. Uh, He's going to fade on you. Can't nobody really block a shot. Um, KD's just a hooper, man. So I think this impacts the West in an incredible way. And Phoenix is already fourth, third or fourth in the West. I want to say fourth, but or I want to say fifth because I think um, the Clippers beat them before the All-Star break. So I think the Clippers took fourth. I think Phoenix fell to fifth maybe. But I think that this KD trade, you can see them jump up the ranks and probably get the third or fourth seed. I really do. I'm not sure if they can catch Denver or Phoenix or, excuse me, Denver or uh, Memphis. I'm not sure if they can catch. Maybe they might be able to catch Memphis, but I can see them being a top four seed uh, once KD gets integrated into the offense. And you got to remember, he had Monty Williams in OKC. So I think, you know, he's going to get this offense down really quick. And it's just about chemistry at that point. So they're going to be dangerous. And I think they're going to be the favorite to come out of the West. Um, My next question was, will Denver win the West? It's crazy to say this. A guy that's probably going to win three straight MVPs is not going to get to the championship game. I just don't think he is. I, I like Jokic. I don't watch. I don't like really like watching him play. I like watching him pass because he can pass the heck out of the ball. I just don't like. I don't have any faith in Jokic. It's crazy. We're gonna see a guy that has won three straight MVPs, not win a championship. But to me, that's crazy. But hey, I don't see it happening. I think the Phoenix Suns or the Clippers could beat them. I really do. Uh, Jamal Murray is the key. Jamal Murray is the key to that team. If he continues to play well, they have a shot. But I just don't think the Denver Nuggets are going to win the West. I think the, the Suns and I think the Clippers are better. I really do. Can the Warriors make the playoffs and win a championship? I'll be honest with you. I think they're in danger of missing the playoffs. Curry just all of a sudden just ran into a few injuries back-to-back. Can he stay healthy? You know, Clay still. I think Clay is back for the most part. I think this is the version of Clay we're going to see. He's not ever going to be a great defender anymore. I think we can go ahead and just put that in the books. But if you've watched Clay over the last month of the season, he's shooting the ball a whole lot better, averaging north of 21 points a game. Clay is back as a shooter. Um, I just defensively, you know, it, it's not there. And, you know, that's just a product of not being able to move laterally anymore with Achilles and his knee. He'll never be that defender no more. But he gives an effort. He can still be a good team defender. He just, you know, one-on-one, he can't be that guy to say, hey, go stick the best player. He just can't do it. Um, but I'll be honest with you, they're in danger of missing the playoffs. I really do. I mean, they got to get it together. Draymond said that, you know, the way they play defense is pathetic, and it is. They don't play any type of defense. They got Gary Payton bad, but he's hurt. So 
I, I just don't know this team, and I'm confused. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm just confused with this Warriors team. I don't, I don't understand how they got this bad. I, I really don't. I, you know, at first I thought it was from the punch. I thought they had a lot to do with it, but they just can't defend. And we can sit here and say, oh, they're just bored with the, you know, regular season. I don't think that's it. I just honestly think that they just can't defend and their time's running up. You know, I think their time's just running up. I'm not sitting here saying they can't win the championship because I would never doubt Steph Curry, but it's going to be pretty hard. So I I don't have, I'll be honest with you, and, you know, all my friends, that's big-time Warrior fans, and they're probably not going to like this, but I just don't have any faith in them. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they can yeah, I don't know if they can win. I really don't. Not with what I've seen thus far. Um, are the Celtics the clear-cut favorite to win the East? I don't think they're the clear-cut favorite, but I would have them as a favorite right now with the way Jason Tatum has been playing MVP-type level. Jalen Brown's back has been playing incredible. Uh, you know what Marcus Smart's going to give you? Malcolm Brogdon has been giving you great time. Blake Griffin. As bad as I don't like Blake Griffin now, he's been giving them excellent minutes. Robert Williams, Horford with the veteran presence. They're a solid team. Very solid team. I wouldn't say they're the favorite, but because the Bucks are right there and the Sixers are right there. So, you know, you got to watch for them. But I think the Celtics are a very good team and ha- have a very high chance of making it back to the finals. Um, can the new Lakers make the playoffs? I think they're going to make a good push. LeBron came out and said, these are the most important 23 games of my career because he don't want to miss the playoffs again. So I think you're going to see a lot then. LeBron, now, if you've watched LeBron, you can tell he's losing some athleticism. It's still crazy how athletic he is. I know that sounds hypocritical. I just said that. But for those of us that's watched LeBron over the years, you can tell he's declining a little bit athletically. But he's still very athletic, still run the floor for 38. Um, it's just not the same explosion as we normally see. But LeBron can still give up you know 29 points a game that's what he's getting at this age which is unreal his peak has been higher than anybody's peak in the history of american sports not just basketball i'm talking anybody his peak has been maybe brady can rival it but his peak has been unreal um in a sport where you're constantly cutting constantly going up the court jumping lebron's just been unreal and and there but i think this lakers team can make the playoffs d'angelo russell is an incredible fit Vanderbilt can guard the best defender. You got AD back there that can block anything and guard the best defender. I mean, best offensive player, excuse me. Vanderbilt can guard the best offensive player on the opposite team. So can AD. He can move his feet and block shots. D'Lo fits his team great. Malik Beasley can shoot the ball great. Mo Bamba's a good backup uh, center off the bench. He can shoot the three and get you some blocks and be a defensive presence to spell AD for a few minutes. So, I think this Lakers team can make the playoffs. And I'm going to tell you right now, if they do make the playoffs and they get in like the eighth seed or the seventh seed, I could see them upset Memphis or, you, or the Denver Nuggets. I really could. I would be, if 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 I'm one of them teams, I would be afraid to see the Lakers at the eighth seed. I really would be. Um, I wouldn't want to see that at all because D'Lo fits his team great. So I would be afraid to see them as an eighth seed. So watch out for this new look Lakers team. I like it. It should have been happened. Um, I have been screaming it from months now. They should have been got rid of Russ. I thought the Indiana trade was best. But looking back now, this was the better deal. And I took a long time to do it. But I, this should have been done. But this is a good team. Hopefully they can build some chemistry. 
and we'll see what the Lakers can do. Uh, see if they can move up the standings. You go on a five-game win streak, you're in the top, you know, seven seeds in the West. That's how close the West is. So, 23 games left. Ideally, if the Lakers can go 14 and nine, 15 and eight, I think that'll put them in a great position. And I can see them going 15 and eight. I mean, honestly, I would like to see them go about 16 and seven. That will put them in a good spot, um, and that will put them in the playoffs. But they may be a play-in team. We'll see. Um, moving on real quick before we get, I get out of here. What, what's you guys' biggest surprise thus far in the season? For me, it's the Kings sitting in the third seed. They're the biggest surprise this year. I did not expect the Kings to be that high. Mike Brown is really, really, really right there with Joe Mazzula as coach of the year. Um, and honestly, it might go to Mike Brown. Mike Brown probably deserves to win coach of the year, especially if Mazzula can't qualify since he was an intern. I'd have to look into that. If he can't qualify, it needs to be Mike Brown. He's done an excellent job with his Kings team. Um, they've been the biggest surprise. And the biggest letdown for me this year is the Warriors. Uh, we all expected the Warriors to be better. I didn't expect them to win 60 games, but I did expect them to be a top three seed, top four seed, and play better than they have. But the biggest letdown for me is the Warriors. Um, they've just not lived up to what I thought they would uh, with the team that they had. Um, really quick before I get out of here, the Clippers, can they build chemistry? these last 23 games. You know, the first 60 games or of the year for them has been marred by injury, has been marred by, you know, lack of stars wanting to play, AKA Kawhi. And, you know, I was gonna get this later, but I'll get to it now. They just signed Russell Westbrook as of today. So can they build chemistry? And can they actually work as a unit? And I'm gonna tell you, if they can do that, this Clippers team is scary. They're deep, they can play small, they can play big. And if Russ can settle in and play like a point guard, they're gonna be they're gonna give people problems. We we're gonna see that. I don't know if he can. We'll see what he can do. Um, and just real quick, my space, I'm gonna give y'all an expectation that I have for the rest of the year. Hopefully, all of all the stars play and don't do this load management. Let me read you a quote from Anthony Edwards that I really loved uh, from this young man. Anthony Edwards came out with All-Star Weekend and said, they asked him a question. They said, what is one thing that you would change um, in the NBA this year? He said, all the guys sitting, resting. He said, just play, man. These people might have enough money to come to one game, and that might be the one game they come to and you're sitting out. That young man understands it. I mean, so my expectation for the rest of the year is that we see great basketball and that the stars play. I really would love for the stars to play. Um, I want to see them play. I want to see them compete and I want to see them go at it for seeding and the division um really quick gonna take a quick break get back to some more news and to give you my rant of the week and I want to talk about LeBron James being the all-time leading scorer um all things sports podcast you guys are you are be right back all right all right all right and to finish up before I get out of here Let's touch on LeBron James real quick. I didn't have a chance to do it, but just want to say congrats to LeBron James on becoming the all-time leading scorer in the NBA history. That is unreal to say that. That's a record that I thought nobody would ever catch. I didn't ever think nobody would catch Kareem's record, but LeBron James done it. Um, and he's going to put this record, I believe, at 40 to 41,000 points, somewhere like that. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know they said it then. I don't know if everybody, anybody will ever catch that. Maybe, you know, the NBA is talking about lower, lowering the age limit. So maybe one day, you know, somebody can come in at 17 or 18 and play 20 years and break it like LeBron. But 
I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime. If he puts that at 41,000 points, that's going to be very, very hard for somebody to break. So congrats to LeBron James on becoming the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Incredible, LeBron. You are an icon. You are one of the GOATs. You are one on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. When you open the dictionary of basketball, you see a, he's one of the he's one of the faces. You know, I heard that from AI, so I had to steal it. When you open up that, you know, the dictionary, you see basketball. The picture of LeBron gonna be there. I mean, I love the way. You know, a lot of people have been debating the goat now since he done that. And a lot of people said this makes him the goat. Um, and I love what Iverson said. Iverson said when you open up the game of basketball, you know. And you're going to see LeBron James face there because he's the greatest all-around player we've ever seen. And then he goes on to say, you know, for Jordan, it's different for him. Because Jordan, man, he wanted to be like him. Jordan gave him a vision. He said he was just different. So I still think he believes Jordan's the GOAT in his mind. And a lot of people, I told you guys before, I like what Doc Rivers said. LeBron's had the greatest career, but Jordan's the GOAT. Like, I like that. So um, for me, you know, and maybe one day I can debate it with somebody. But for me, I think LeBron's the second greatest player of all time. Um, I don't really debate the GOAT debate with a lot of people because I just think it's it's really hard because of eras. I mean, the, the game has changed in such a way. Um, the rules have changed in such a way. It ain't drastic, you know, but the rules have changed. I mean, it's catered more towards offensive basketball. Um, and for me, you know, Jordan won 10 scoring titles in a in an era where, you know, they did a little more fouling than they do now. I'm not going to sit here and say they were rough or this gen- or this generation soft. I'm not going to say that because I believe there's contact in this game. But you cannot deny, I don't care who you are, if you're listening, you cannot deny that back then in the 80s and 90s, the game was a little more rough and they allowed a little more physicality than they do now. That's just facts. And Jordan averaged, you know, 30 points a game, won 10 scoring titles. So if you put Jordan in this era, man, I mean – you're looking at 37, 38 points a game, I believe you could put up. I mean, Harden put up 36, 37 a game. Kobe put up 35. I really believe Jordan can put up 38, 39 points a game in this era. I really do, close to 40. Um, but on the flip side, for me, if you put LeBron in that era, he's just as big as everybody but faster, can jump higher, uh, can see the floor. So if you put LeBron in that era, maybe, you know, maybe he could put up, you know, the same type numbers. You know, obviously the paint was more cluttered because it was still a big man's game back then. But, you know, so maybe he wouldn't be able to get to the rack like he does now and bully people. But LeBron would still be LeBron to me in the 80s and 90s. Like, I really think he would be. Um, So it's really hard to do that. But in my opinion, if I had to pick, for me, it would still be Michael Jordan. The gap is definitely closed. And it ain't that big of a gap. But for me, it's Jordan. Um, And my thing is, is kind of where I want to get with people is, you know, everybody says, well, this has to make him the GOAT, becoming the all-time leading scorer. And my question to you guys would be, was Kareem the GOAT? Since he broke the record, was he the GOAT? You know, a majority of people say no. All right, then, so what makes LeBron the GOAT since he broke it? Kareem's resume is, is probably better than LeBron's. Six titles, uh, five MVPs. I think he has three finals MVPs. The second all-time leading scorer. 19, you know, all, you know, 19 all-star selections, 11-time all-defensive team. You know, I think it was upwards of 12, 13 first-team All-NBA. Like, this guy's resume ain't no, you know, second to none. So, 
was Kareem the GOAT since he had this all-time score record? What makes LeBron the GOAT since he has it? You know what I mean? So you can't really say that this all-time scoring record makes him the GOAT. You can't say that for me. I mean, does it add to his legacy? Absolutely. Does it add to his um, resume? Absolutely. Does it make his coach for uh, coast? Does it make his case for the goat better? Absolutely. But for me personally, I if we did an all, I'll put it this way: if we did an all-time draft of every player in NBA history, Jordan would go number one for me, and LeBron would go number two. That's just that for me. That's just where I'm at. Um, and nothing, I'll be honest with you. Nothing LeBron does from this point forward can hurt his legacy for me or enhance it. It just won't for me. Like, if you want another title, that don't enhance it for me. It just don't. Because, you know, Jordan at 38, Jordan won his last title at, I want to say, 36 or 35, 35, 36 or whatnot. The push off on Bill Russell or Brian Russell. I said Bill Russell. <laughs> the push off on Brian Russell in Utah. Um, but, Nothing LeBron does from this point is going to hurt his legacy for me or enhance it. It just won't. Um, that's just me personally. But we'll see. We'll see what it ends up. But congrats to LeBron uh, on becoming the all-time leading scorer. And again, like I said, he's one of the GOATs. He's an icon. He is on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. And he is the best complete. He's the most complete player we've ever seen. I don't – and I, everybody gets on to me for saying this. My dad actually got on to me for saying this. But LeBron – we will never see another LeBron James. We won't. Not in my lifetime. We won't never see another guy like LeBron. That's going to be the all-time leading scorer that may end up finishing top three in all-time assist. And uh, he's top, you know, 10 in three-point shooting. He's top 10 in steals, I believe. Could be top 10 in rebounding when it's all said and done. You're never going to see that again. You're just not. Because LeBron's a freak of nature. LeBron's a legend. He's an icon. So, kudos to LBJ, the king, on becoming the all-time leading scorer. What an amazing player. And I've been privileged to watch this guy play. Hopefully, we can watch him play for another year or two. It's a privilege to watch him play. Incredible. Um, real quick on just some more news. Like I told you guys, the Clippers signed Russell Westbrook. Curious to see how that goes. Um, will Russ fit in? What role will he play? Will he come off the bench? I was talking to my brother, Chill B, and I meant to say this earlier. If you have a chance, go check out the Chill Bravado podcast, Laker 8216. He does a great series on the Lakers. Check him out. Talking to him. He said it too. He was like, man, I'm tired of Russ being on the bench. He needs to start. And I agree. Don't bring Russ off the bench. Let him start. Um, he just hopefully can find a role with the Clippers. Him and PG played well when they were together. So hopefully he can find a great role with them. Um, and then the Heat signed Kevin Love. I didn't expect the Heat to sign him, but that's a good signing for them. They need somebody to stretch the floor. They need somebody to give Bam some minutes. You can actually play him and Bam together, I believe, too. So I think it's a good pickup for Kevin Love. I was totally expecting Kevin Love to sign with the Lakers or the Warriors or somebody like that or the Bucks. I did not expect him to sign with the Heat. So that's a good signing for Kevin Love. Kevin Love still got game. I don't know why the Cavs wasn't playing him, but he still has a lot of game left to give. So kudos to him. Um, real quick, my rank, my rant of the week is back. Um, and I just want to rant on the NFL real quick. You guys know where I'm going. You probably already know where I'm going with this. Eric Bieniemy. The former offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. I said former because he took an offensive coordinator job with the Washington Commanders. To me, that is ridiculous. A guy that has won two Super Bowls, a guy that's been to five AFC Championship games, and he had to go take another offensive coordinator just to prove that he can run an offense outside of Andy Reid. And, you know, part of me believes that this is Andy Reid's fault um, for – 
having him and saying some of the stuff she said, like, yes, yeah, he called some of the plays. So part of me believes Andy Reid's fault, but you've seen guys, you've seen coaches get jobs with nowhere near the resume that Eric B. Enemy has. The Eagles, both of their coordinators got head coaching jobs, and they don't have nowhere near the resume that Eric B. Enemy has. It's absolutely ridiculous what Eric B. Enemy is going through, that he had to take another offensive coordinator job just to get, you know, to say, hey, look, I can do this. And I'm going to tell you what, and it's going to suck for him because the commanders don't have a quarterback. They got Wentz, they got Sam Howell, and they got Taylor Honey. <laughs> to me, it's setting them up for failure, but I'm just going to sit here and say, I hope he goes and I hope they lead the league in scoring so people can see how brilliant of a mind Eric Bietemi is. You've seen players come out and say it. You've seen analysts come out and say it. The how brilliant of a mind he is. Yes, he's probably had, you know, over 10 interviews. So there's no telling what's been going on. But to me, a guy with that resume, a guy with that pedigree, a guy that's been sitting under Andy Reid, who is a top five coach of all time, and he don't got a job. And all these other coaches can coach for a year or two and get a head coaching job, but he don't. That's a problem, man. That's a problem with Eric B. I, I have a problem with that. You don't see other coaches going to coach, you know, at the same position just to get a head coaching job. He's having to do that. So that's my rant. It's ridiculous. The enemy shouldn't have to do that. And I really hope the commanders lead the league and score so people can see the type of mind that he is. Because that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous that he cannot get a head coaching job. That he had to go take an offensive coordinator job somewhere else. Absolutely ridiculous. So. That's my rant of the week. Guys, I appreciate you. I know this episode was a little longer than normal. Um, please continue to share. Please continue to get the word out. Um, the All Things Sports Podcast, which you got, JR. Hope you guys have a great morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever it is that you're listening to this. Peace out.